Welcome to a football show, Thursday edition, week number nine in the SEC, week number eight in the NFL. Welcome to the program. Get all your comments and questions in, of course. We will talk to all of you throughout the course of the show. He is Zach. I am Braden. Zach, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing ready. great. I'm, I'm feeling as good as Russell Wilson, who apparently never gets jet lag. Just spends four hours stretching and gets one hour of sleep. That's what he told people. He's a fucking robot. Is he he's a real a person? Is he a he's real a person? We're not no. sure if he's a real person. <laughs> Government drone. <laughs> Government drone Russell Wilson and Super Bowl champion. Uh, man of the people, Russell Wilson. Uh, okay, football show today. We've got lots of stuff to get to. The matchup with the Texans, of course, as the Titans go for five consecutive wins. This will be their 10th, should they get it. They are going for their 10th straight road win in the division, which is one of the most insane streaks I've ever heard of in the NFL. Uh, of course, after dominating the Colts uh, this season, they go for yet another division victory. So we're going to break down the worst rushing defense in the NFL, the Texans. We'll break down Ryan Tannehill and what we expect to see out of the Titans offense. We'll look at the matchup. Derrick Henry should be in full beast mode. So we'll go. We'll cover all the different angles. We will talk a lot about the Titans stadium and the renderings and all the different vibes that are coming out about the new stadium, so we'll get to that. And, of course, Tennessee, Kentucky, and the SEC. Got a lot of big stuff. The least important cocktail party I've ever heard of, Florida and Georgia this weekend. So SEC, Titans, football show. It's right in the title there. Uh, make sure you turn on all the notifications, of course. Turn on all the uh, you know all the little buttons you need to push, all the little bells, Zach. Make all sure you push them. all they're, 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 It's easy. You just click one thing, and then you click another thing, and then it's all over. It's all done for you automatically after that. Just two clicks. That's yep. all you need to go to YouTube, go to Facebook, Go to Twitter and just click on 440 Sports, Broadway Sports Media, at FWordsPod, at Braden Gold. Just click all the little stuff. And and turn on the, notif the, the notifications for the 440 Twitter account, by the way, and the YouTube page. Like You're not going to get pounded with like play-by-play -play updates during all the games. College, pro, hockey, Yeah, when someone matter. gets injured during a Titans game, you're not going to get the same obligatory... Ben Jones down on the turf. Ben Jones in the blue. Ben Jones I'm in the blue. Watching the game. Ben Jones is back on the, on the field. Ben Jones is doing this. Yeah, we fucking know. Who's this I, for? I is know. this for the is this for the people that can't take three hours out of the day to watch a Titans game? Like, get a fucking life, watch a Titans game, and then you you got all your answers. Uh, this is it's actually a really good reason to watch all of your favorite games on delay. Just yeah. skip skip all the commercials and avoid Twitter. And uh, you can have a good time. I, I Listen, I know beat reporters have to send out all the ma the mandatory information to their followers. I get it. But like, I just don't. Uh, the point being, you follow 440 Sports. You don't need, you're not going to get play by play up. You're not going to get inundated with notification things and alerts and stuff. It's just when we got a big, I, we got a new show. Here's yeah. the new show. Here's the topics. Here's what we talked about. Come hang out with us. That's the goal of uh, 440 and, and uh, what we're doing. I think here instead of show. saying going in the blue tent, I think that you know media members need to spice it up. They're going into the navy tent today. They're going into the cyan tent. You know, maybe the royal blue tent. They're going into the medical uh, office, the doctor's office on the sidelines. I mean, just you know, use different wording. Like, do you all do you all have? To, can't y'all just all defer to Jim Wyatt and just let him do those tweets? There's the there's the two tone hanky on the sideline there. I don't yeah. who knows what it is. Uh, D Good says by the way, it's for me because I can't watch it from Western New York, Dick. <laughs> hey, there are ways around it. Real <laughs> fans would find a way. Uh, and and Trey, first of all, shout, shout out Trey. What's going on, Trey? How many f words until we get Braden sweating? I love the word fuck. I think it's a great. It is the most versatile language. Our sponsors may not love that we're doing this right now. Uh, Pharmacy Kingston Group and Westlickers right there. Make sure you check them all out. Uh, because they bring you the show for free every single Monday and Thursday. 
I think it's the most versatile word in the English language. I I don't really have the um, the filter around my kids the way I probably should. So maybe it's bad parenting. Maybe it's the best parenting. I don't know. I, I, I am all for as many F-words as possible. I'm doing a show with a man calling himself the F-words pod. Like, I don't, I'm good with that, Trey. I do. Thanks for hanging out with us, though, man. I do appreciate it. I um, think it's pronounced Tress. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I'm sorry, Tress. It's not. He just hates it. <laughs> I was, I felt really bad for a second. And then I was like, oh, I think you got me on this one. Um, so, so turn on the notifications. Give us a follow. Check out the podcast. Check out the YouTube page. Do all that great stuff. And of course, right up there, our awesome and amazing and wonderful sponsors, The Pharmacy, every single Monday. We're going for six straight Victory Mondays coming up on Monday, Zach. So check out The Pharmacy, your local burger parlor and beer garden right there. Still the weather, still gorgeous. So go check it out. Uh, you can get out of there with a family of four. I take my kids all the time. You can get out of there for like less than 50 bucks. Really good food, really good beer, great atmosphere, great place to hang out and not distracted by all kinds of stuff going on. There's no TVs. It's just like, hey, focus on family and fun and your friends and some food and Getting fucked up. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Uh, and of course, if you want to do that all at your house, right there, right there. Weiss Liquors. Make sure you go to Weiss Liquors. Uber Eats, Weiss Liquors. The booze will show up to your house in as quickly as 20 minutes. Great bourbon selection. Zach? They drink, so you can drive. I added one extra sentence in there. That was my fault. <laughs> no, no, that's my fault. Uh, and of course, the Kingston Group, right there. The Kingston Group, of course. Buildkg.com is the website. Don't make any major decisions about your house. Um, you know, construction wise, big picture, lots of dollars, lots of money. Talk to the Kingston group. Don't make any big decisions about your house before you just talk to them. Just have a conversation. Like if you're going to design a play in which you put a player at the wrong position during a critical moment of the game, and then you run him in a play that he's never run before in his, in his entire life with an offensive line that can't block, perhaps that is poor construction of a play. That's, I'm just saying. that's correct. And you know who does not do poor construction? The Kingston group. There you go. Just wanted to end, uh, end it on that. Buildkg.com. Buildkg.com. Trace, Trey, Dad, whatever you want to call me, he'll go with. So I'm going to we'll call him Dad. <laughs> I will not. I will never call a grown man outside of my own father Dad. <laughs> you do call Josh Heupel Coach Dad. Does that count? Well, I, I call him Coach Youth Pastor. You call him Coach Dad. Coach Youth Pastor Dad Josh Heupel. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's his official title. Uh, and, and he's Batman as well, um, yeah. which I love that those are coming back around this weekend. Of course, Halloween, uh, you got crazy stuff going on in college football. We'll get to that in a little bit. So, uh, stadium renderings, let's get into the stadium renderings, of course, here on the show, because the Titans drop them and then not to be outdone, the Buffalo Bills drop theirs as well. We'll get to that in a second, but just, I want to know first and foremost, just your instant reaction to what you saw. There's a little video there. The Titans put out, there's all the different photos, we kind of know, we've heard rumors of what it's going to be like and feel like, how different was it from what you expected? And did, did we like it? How did you feel about it when you saw it? Uh, when I first saw it, my like I, was, I saw it, I was at a real estate meeting, ZachLyonsSales.com and ZachLyons at KW.com. And um, I was at a real estate meeting, I saw it and I was like, oh, that they, they must be remodeling the top golf. I mean, like literally that was my first instinct. And then I saw that other people made that joke. And I was like, well, I can't make that joke now. Um, but, but you that can was my tell people that instinct. you can't. You can tell people yeah. that you can't make the joke while making the joke, which yeah. is which is mm, nice. But I will say that it, you you got your little Ryman influences in there and everything. It doesn't look like a stadium. It looks like um, in Austin. There's this giant Whole Foods, like it's smack dab smack dab downtown. That's kind of what it reminds me of. It doesn't really remind me of a football stadium. 
And I think I'm okay with that. I guess I have to see it in person. And that's the whole thing with, with renderings for me is that there's going to be a lot that changes from concept to actual construction and the end, end result. So it's hard for me to get too excited, but I love the ideas. I love the outdoor patio and party area, the common areas. And I think that's really cool and great. Um, that would entice me to go to a game just to hang out. That's those spots, especially if maybe those are just standing only standing room only tickets or something They're like a little cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the sounds do. Uh, I, I think it just, it, it's very Nashville, not very NFL. And I think that's where I'm having a hard time finding that common ground. So I find that to be really interesting. Um, as a reaction, number one, I'd like to know what parts do you think are the rhyming? Cause I couldn't, I couldn't find any. Well, I think the part is just the mixture of the glass to brick. It's not not the Ryman, but the addition, whatever they added onto the Ryman that's, you know, the part of it next to it. That's, yeah, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Kind of reminds me of that in Fifth and Broadway. It reminds me of Fifth and Broadway. That's yeah. what it reminds me of. It looks like to me Fifth and Broadway. Now, I get what they're going for. And I'm in the middle on this, which I know is, you know, terrible sports talk, but like I'm in kind of in the middle of it because I'm with you as well. I want to see what it looks like when it actually, when things actually start going up into the air. But I think what matters here is that if there's a 130 acre development around the stadium, they're trying to 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 make it all work together, right? right? And I'm okay with it not looking like a giant glass UFO like Chicago or SoFi or Mercedes. Like Mercedes-Benz Stadium is just not that pretty. It's just not a pretty building. It doesn't have a lot of culture. It's just a big gray circle on a piece of grass. Like it's just not. It's a gorgeous facility inside. It's Extremely. a pain in the ass to get to, by the way. I think it's <laughs> one of it. And we were at, we went to the Super Bowl, and it was the we had to walk like five miles just to get there. We had to make pit stops. I just like, okay, we're gonna get beers here, be, beers right, there, beers right. here, and then finally make it to the stadium. So, like, I get that they're trying to bake it into the city. I my question, because I again, I think there's also some like. Rorschach test going on like if you don't want the new stadium and you like old Nashville you probably think it looks atrocious it looks like a, a Vegas nightclub on top of a hotel that you have no desire to go to which is kind of more the the group that I fall into uh, but I want the stadium so I'm, I'm kind of in the middle I, I also understand that young fun people want to go out to these places and do fun things of which I am not one of them and they like going to 1230 and you know whatever the hell's on top of you know, fifth and broad, whatever that it's just a giant food court next to the Ryman. I wanted to see more brick and stone and like old Nashville baked into it. And you may see, that's the thing to me is like, I think you will. It's just that it, it, it's hard to pick that up on the rendering. I think I, I agree. And, and again, like, don't get me wrong. And this is ultimately where I land. It could be way, way, way worse. We'll yeah. get to Buffalo in a second, but it just could be way worse so from that standpoint, I think they did a pretty good job of like getting it where I think their clientele wants it, which is to feel like it's a part of the party downtown, baked into the buildings around it so that it feels seamless, so that it doesn't look like this eyesore of a UFO stadium just sitting there all glass. And so I think it, they did a good job of that. Well, especially it looks like to me, if you're attracting people from out of town as well, because that's who you want, right? You want the people from out of town. It looks like an establishment where you could spend all day in like the fifth and Broadway and have fun. You could go in there early in the game because nobody wants to go in early to the Titan stadium as it sits right now. Right. Nobody wants to go oh, in God, no. stadium as it sits right now. Well, only to make sure you that, have enough time to walk up to the top level. Yeah. That's why it is always so congested because everybody would much rather be outside than inside. Now yeah. you got, you want to, you're attracting the people that are the predators, right? Your predators clientele 
has never really transferred over really well, I feel like, to the Titans because it's fun to go to a Predators game. It, it maybe isn't now, but it was the hot it was the hot event, right, in Nashville. Yeah. And everybody would go. You you would have all these, you know, people from all around Nashville come in. Now you're attracting that kind of people over there. That looks like it will be the party on Sundays, the place to be on Sundays, especially when they develop around the area. It, it's it's just not a football stadium, right? That's where the Bills have the edge. The, the only oh, place they have the edge is that it looks like a football stadium. I, I guess that's, that's true. And, and Jason says this. I love the images. It looks like a place where humans exist. Yeah. The Bills Stadium looks like a frozen concrete and glass hellscape. And I'm we'll just get, talking we'll about the that. structure itself, right? right? Like the structure itself looks like a football stadium. This doesn't. But I think that's a benefit for other events that they are looking to attract yes. and host. Yes. And not just the football. Like. Nobody's going to go still go to Buffalo to want to play a fucking concert in that fucking waste of a town. It's the worst fucking town in America that's an, that has an NFL team. Worse than Jacksonville. Wow. Um, all right. So I I, I want to be sure, make sure I'm saying some of the positive thing here because you, you yeah. pointed to like the outdoor space, like a third story outdoor venue with like natural growth and trees and bushes and like sunlight and, and things like that. Like, that's cool. Like, I, I agree with you. That's cool. And. I don't want it to look like a, a, a football stadium per se. Like I think, I, I think you want it to be recognizable and to be unique to Nashville, but you don't want it to just automatically be like, oh, like SoFi looks a little different than your average stadium. Like there's everybody's sort of messing with these design things, and it, again, like it's like a uniform or a logo or music. It is all eye of the beholder. Sixteen of us could look at the same thing and think sixteen different things. When it comes to architecture as a thing that we appreciate, I again, I think they could do a lot worse. I think it's going to work once the surrounding area is built up. The party area down there is going to be great. People are going to want to be there. I think it that will is, look so important. good in aerial shots. I know that doesn't yes. seem like something yeah. that you think about, but think about all the aerial shots, especially for concert videos, especially for event videos that are at night. That shot with downtown yeah. Nashville yeah. coming into it is going to look pretty fucking sick. Just as long as they use new B-roll, because yeah. I'm so tired of Titans games and Predators games, and then I see the B-roll, and it's like, there's no Music City Center. I'm like, when did you shoot that? 2011? Like, what do we do? Like, update your B-roll, broadcast partners. Come on. So, again, comparing that to the Bills Stadium, which in my, my first instinct when I saw the Bills rendering, because I don't think there's ever been bad renderings until I saw this one. Mm -hmm. And I just am like, I don't even care... It looks like it's a glass house fishing, ice fishing shack on top of a frozen pond. And like you didn't even think to put trees in the rendering to make it look like a, a like a habitat for human beings to exist. Uh, it, it, I don't I don't understand the renderings for the Boyle Stadium. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, just like Buffalo, it just looks like a deserted wasteland. I mean, I literally saw all. In November, when we went to a game, as uh, when Chris Johnson was still playing for the Titans, we went to Ralph Wilson Stadium. During at, fa after the game, found out that in a in a bathroom. Have you ever been to Ralph Wilson? I, I have not. I'm excited yeah. about the story. Okay, so in the men's bathroom, there are just trough those trough urinals, which is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I mean, that. like it put some puts the partitions up. Yeah, and and but apparently in one of these dirty ass fucking stalls. We found out a couple days later that a a teacher and a principal were like 
were having an affair in the stall, just going to town. I, I thought that story was going to end way worse than and two then, people having consensual sex. <laughs> well, I mean, we assume it's consensual. And um, <laughs> the other thing is, is that the people in Buffalo cannot even, we were given, I can't say by who, but by someone on the Titans sideline, we are giving a fifth of vodka, a full bottle fifth of vodka. And so we're, the Titans are beating the brakes off the Bills. We're drinking it. We're sharing Lindell it. White. Was it Lindell yeah, White? It was Lindell White. But we're sharing it around. And these buff Bills Mafia fucking losers give it to the drunkest girl, and she just fucking drops it. Oh. Glass shatters everywhere. We're out of our vodka. Just ridiculous. So anyway, <laughs> it's a hellhole. And it's a, it, the whole city, first off, the Buffalo Wings are so fucking overrated in up there in Buffalo. Really? But literally, okay. the nightlife non-existent in November. There's... Everything shuts down early. There's nothing there. Tubbleweeds in the streets. It was the most boring fucking visit of my life. What? If nothing else, we've learned that the most important philosopher of our time is Marshawn Lynch. Yes. Like, what are you going to do in Buffalo? Go to a fucking Applebee's? Like, uh, he's got nothing. That's it's it. so true. <laughs> it is us. so. That is not an exaggeration. There is nothing to do in fucking Buffalo. I I I get it. And I believe in it. I also do not particularly enjoy the coverage of how the stadium is being funded in Buffalo because then they compare it to the Titan Stadium without using any proper context. And yeah. Yeah, that's neither here nor there. Well, that, that's just a, a pet peeve of mine. That, so, uh, is that a, your boy, Jason Wolf, that you I, see down here? I, I, I've had conversations with him. I've tried to explain it to him. I'm not going to try it even anymore. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done trying to explain the differences between us actually spending money and us not spending money. It doesn't seem like it's that complicated, but whatever. Um, so I, I thought renderings like were undefeated. Yeah, I, I thought every sure. rendering that's ever been posted has ever been great in the history of all of life and mankind. It's the only, it's the only <laughs> time Buffalo. this season the Titans will beat Buffalo. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the drunk women at Bill's games are the worst. Yes. <laughs> and he's, yes. he's, he's in New York. So he knows. Yeah, he, good. he knows. Um, all right. So there you go. I am with you. Let's hold off being extremist about the stadium until we see it rise out of the ground. I will say Geodis Park, they did a great job of tying that into the neighborhood, making it feel like it was kind of right. part of the neighborhood. I, I think that's what they're going for here. I know that brick and stone and like proper old school architecture is very expensive. And I understand that. But I think the glassification of the city is going to go out of style quicker than we think. And I just am concerned that everything's going to look like a Vegas nightclub in, in 30 years. Because you have to build this stadium to last for 50 years. Like, we're not going to do two and a half billion again in 20 years. Like, that, right. ain't, that ain't happening. So, I, And I, to we'll, me, we'll it looks like that it will. You think so? It'll I, go out of style? No, no, no. It won't go out of style. Sorry. Okay, I was going... I meant to say it will it's last all the, 20 years. It's all the weird little ribbon lights, you know, that are like on the hotels that are like straight lines and 90 degree yeah. angles. And I'm, I just am curious how long that lasts. I'm not an architecture guy. I don't know. So we'll see. Uh, all right, let's get to the game. Uh, injuries, obviously a huge part of what the Titans are dealing with here. I'm going to start with the big one at quarterback. How in, how concerned are you about Ryan Tannehill at the quarterback? Zero percent. I have, and nothing's changed since Monday's show. In fact, I'm even more confident since Monday's show because he literally just walked out like it was nothing, and he was upbeat about his, his injury. He says, I feel a lot better than I did after the game on Sunday. Again, you may see him limping from the sideline to the huddle. You may see him just kind of sitting down when he's normally standing up on the sideline. At the end of the day, He's going to be fine. I'm not too worried. I'm not worried about Jeffrey Simmons. I was never worried about Jeffrey Simmons. I'm definitely not worried about Ben Jones. You're going to have to like 
saw off both legs before <laughs> he's going to miss a game. I am. I'm worried about what the offense looks like with Ryan Tannehill at this percentage point, whatever that is. He had the he had the ankle heavily taped on Thursday's practice. He went out there. To your point, he was walking out and being fine, catching some shit from his daughter, by the way, uh, about the about the walking boot, which I thought was that was adorable. Um, I, I do think it changes. It's funny because like I think it changes what the Titans should do, but not what they will do, <laughs> because you and I believe that the Titans should be doing more. Uh, designed running with Ryan Tannehill yeah. as part of, you know, adapting to the offensive line situation and, and what the defense is giving you. It doesn't have to Yet be. They're not. <laughs> it doesn't have to be this game. Like, like to me, right. This game is set up perfectly for basically how the Titans want to play football. Right. I mean, the only, the only injury I am zoned in on is Nate Davis. That's what I'm here for. Okay. That's the only thing I care about. And we're not going to know anything about Nate Davis, it seems like, until Friday or at the latest until Sunday, right? I mean, like any of this stuff doesn't really matter throughout the week. I, I get that you kind of want to track certain things like, oh, well, when Bud Dupree was injured, how much did he get practice? I'm Elijah, and, Elijah Molden. Yeah, I'm not too worried. Yeah. Well, he, Vrabel already said Monday. I don't really expect any of those guys to come off, right? I mean, so like, let's let's yeah. put it to bed right there. I mean, he just told everybody they're not coming off, even well, though he says I don't expect. He pretty much said, right, exactly. I mean, it's always what he means between the lines. Yeah. When when Davis is back, whether it's this week or not, what do you think needs to happen around him on the offensive line? Uh, put Dylan Raidens over at left tackle. It's it's got to be better than Dennis Daly. Anything is better than Dennis Daly because even if the other guy sucks just as much as Dennis Daly. It, it's not going to change anything, right? You're you're looking for, you're basically on offense right now, just looking for a little change. It's why I am I still get mad at Mike when he says, well, "I don't think firing Todd Downing is going to do anything." <laughs> That's a great Mike impression, by go, the way. Go go listen to Mike Herndon and Zach argue yeah. about Todd Downing on the football and other efforts every change Wednesday. Something right, something's got to get better. Because you're not going to have stupid-ass fucking Malik Willis those kind of plays. And I'm not calling Malik stupid. stupid I can't believe you would ass. say I'm such things. About, <laughs> I'm talking about the play itself. Uh, but I think it's ridiculous that people don't think that's going to change. But the only injury that matters is right now is the Nate Davis injury because that is the one that you need back. These other injuries probably don't matter in the big scheme of things. And... And it's because I think they're all playing, right? I mean, yeah. people are like, oh, we got to look. What's Big Jeff's status? Big Jeff's fucking playing. Like, come on. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. It's funny. Like, I have not even spent one second of the week thinking about Ben Jones or Jeff Simmons. It's almost all yeah. Nate Davis and Ryan Tannehill. But m not that Ryan Tannehill's not going to play, but that what does it do to the offense? And again, back to our original conversation about what the offense will look like, or, or back to that conversation, which is, we want him to be more involved in the running game, but now you can't use him because of that. So now it's go it goes right back to how the Titans have been playing football the entire season. So it's it's Derrick Henry, 30-plus carries. He has been absolutely dominant about, against this Texans team. Over 300, over 200 yards in three straight games. They He has single-handedly demolished this Texans team. Again, very different Texas team this year than last year and the year before, or two years ago because he didn't play them last year. But... This is this sets up to be a defense run the football defense run the football Titans mo game right here. It, it sets up perfectly for what the Titans want to do. Derrick Henry, um, 
he the only person has dominated their division more than Derrick Henry in NFL history is Barry Sanders, who averaged 104.7 against his division. Derrick Henry is at 99 yards per game. Yeah, it's pretty good. Henry leads the NFL averaging 5.45 yards per carry in divisional games in his career. Sanders averaged 5.28. And these are all courtesy of uh, Teresa Walker, who I'm sure got us somewhere else. There's (laughs) nobody else over five yards per carry in that span. Teresa catching a stray in this. What's a stray? I, I don't know where she got it. I'm, I'm assuming she got. I it think from, it like, came from the Titans or the Titans people. I the mean, Titans, I, the Titans email yeah. that stuff to us I mean, all the time. Yeah. Very rarely do does any. That's where I get all my stats from somewhere else. You know, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. She ain't catching a stray. <laughs> uh, I just I didn't defend- know where to attribute the the information after that. So <laughs> I will defend your honor, Teresa, for carry in that span. So it, yeah. you know, when you think about it. When you have a gimpy quarterback or when you have Logan Woodside or Malik Willis in a quarterback, if that's what they choose to do, all they're going to do is hand off to Derrick Henry, and that's all they should do because in this instance, in this particular instance against this particular defense, which is the worst rushing defense in the league, Derrick Henry's going to get going, and Derrick Henry's not going to have to have 40 or 50 carries he may not even have to have 30 carries to have an effective offensive game plan because he can get bigger chunks of yards as he goes. We'll get to how the game flow could look and feel because that affects how the offense should approach it. I think the, the game plan against the Texans offense is very different than the game plan against the Colts, but we'll get to that. Uh, Houston, 32nd, as you mentioned, 164.7 yards per game allowed, 5.2 yards per carry allowed. Again, Right in where he's at. Again, Derrick Henry. 250 yards, 212 yards, 211 yards his last three games against this and team. And he hasn't ripped one off yet this season, like a real one for the touchdown. And he's getting so close. And this offensive line sucks so bad. You want to know how bad this offensive line sucks, even in the run game? Please. <laughs> they are dead last in yards per carry before contact. So that is an offensive line stat. Dead last. 0.6 yards before someone's touching Derrick Henry. Not even a full yard. 0.6. Someone's touching Derrick Henry, and he's still putting up numbers, and he's climbing the charts. This is going to be, you want a Derrick, you want to bet Derrick Henry two-plus touchdowns and over the rushing total. Well, and he only needs a couple to break, like the rushing touchdown record and the total yeah, touchdown record. Because he didn't get record. him last week. Because he didn't get him last week. Uh, what's that? What's so? Is it point? You said point six, right? Point six yes, yards. Zero point six uh, yards so for contact. Let's just reiterate this for the good folks out there. If Derrick Henry's had a hundred, I don't know what he's got. He's got. Let's say he's had a hundred carries. That means he's touched 134 the ball. Thirty-four carries, I believe. Close. Hundred thirty-four carries. That means every time he touches the football, almost all of his positive yards are after contact. Almost every single one of them. Because like he's 400 he, and something yards after contact, I believe. <laughs> it's insane. Um, so imagine what it would be with Nate Davis back and with a good left tackle, and just imagine what it could be. Um, just, a, just a less terrible yeah. offensive left tackle. <laughs> I do want to see, though, some of the things they've hinted at used in this game to, to sort of not put too much on Tannehill, because you want Tannehill to hand off, make the, the, the quick, short, easy throws, and not put too much strain on the ankle. I want to see I want to see Dontrell Hilliard and Henry use together yeah. and maybe and maybe let them do some stuff together, whether it's Wildcat, whether it's pass to, to Hilliard, whether it's run with Henry, like use those two guys together. Use Chig. I know you're big on using Chig more, use Chig a lot more. Like you can be more creative because you know Tannehill is limited. And I think 
now is the time in a divisional game on the road to maybe pull some of that stuff out of the playbook. Yeah, I also look at it this way, too, in nobody's... Well, I mean, we're about to talk about it, but I look at this. Someone put out, and you're not going to believe that someone actually took the time to do this, six different routes or five different routes that uh, Mason Kinsey ran against Kenny Moore and how open Mason Kinsey got in all of them. Literally took all 22 coaches' film, put that out there. That's commitment. Yeah, it's it's borderline stalkerish, <laughs> and uh, I, the reason I bring that up is because yeah, he was open and he eventually got open, but they were long developing routes. Now, whether he was running them too deep or that is the actual play design, I don't know. But they did literally. We talked about this on Sunday or on Monday. On Sunday, they did nothing to help the offensive line and play design and play calling. And that has to change this, this yep. week. Yep. You, you can't, you can't do that. Whether it's Malik Willis behind there, cause that's not going to help Malik Willis, right? Or Logan Woodside is definitely not going to help Logan Woodside. Or it's a Gimpy Ryan Tannehill. You have to sh- shorten the, f- the length of the field for these wide receivers. Like the only time I think I would enjoy Willis in the game is like a an obvious rushing situation where everyone already kind of knows Derrick Henry's going to get the ball. So if Ryan Tannehill's in there, you know it's it's either going to be a short pass or it's going to be a handoff to Henry. Then you can do the RPO stuff or a zone read or a speed option or you know uh, you can do something because the only thing I think I trust Willis to throw is a screen pass at this point. So like I think you can be creative with him, but it has to be in a situation that is conducive to what what you're going to run with him. You can't you can't go out there on third and 10 and put Malik Willis out there. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's not, not going to work. So I do think there could be some intrigue there. Uh, again, more Dontrell Hilliard, more Derrick Henry, more Chicka Conquo. I just more or Hassan Haskins. Look, look, yes. Agreed. Just run the fucking ball. Yeah. Just do it. I mean, I, I never say this, right. I have never said this at this point. The path to success is just running the ball with as many yeah. different people in many different creative ways as possible. And Mike Vrabel's pants just got a little tighter. Oh, yeah. He's so, loving it. <laughs> so he's excited. He's like, finally. He, I finally. Think, you know, I do think it. I know you guys spent a lot of time on F-Words talking about the the glory and, and wonderment that is Mike Vrabel. And, and I do think he loves secretly. You'll never admit it. He loves when like, okay, I got an injured quarterback. I don't have any receivers. Fuck it. Let's go. Let's, <laughs> like go. let's get Chris Conley. He, he can block and he's a smart guy. He'll do exactly what we tell him. A Houston revenge game because Chris Conley used to play for yeah. Houston. Yeah. And he's, he's played for Kansas City as well. So you, yeah. you got a little insight for the next two weeks. And they're like, let's just put this motherfucker out there and block. He's the best I've... blocking wide receiver. We are running the ball. Ain't nothing you could do to stop it. Like, and you nothing... know what? This week I'm okay with it. Yeah. Nothing gets Mike Vrabel off harder than like being behind the eight ball with like a limited playbook and then still winning like, and yeah. still sticking it to you. And like that, just uh, that he's just... watching game film, you know, just watching Derek Henry and drawing up all these plays with yeah. like a, in the dark with a, you know, a cigar and a bush light. And he's just <laughs> going to town. Wait a second. Two fullbacks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're going to do three running backs behind Tannehill. I love it. I love it. Let's try, let's try it out. Um, all right, before we get to the offense, make sure you check out our wonderful and amazing locally owned sponsors, the pharmacy right over there in McFerrin Avenue in East Nashville, the Kingston Group, uh, of course, buildkg.com, Weiss Liquors. That is a liquor store that has been family owned and operated for almost 100 years in Nashville, so make sure you check them out. 
Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors, have the booze delivered to your house in as quickly as 20 minutes. So you check, go, go make sure you shop there. Buildkg.com, the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. That's right, it's a firm. That's what they do. They 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 build things, you know. So go check them out. Don't do anything with your house until you talk to them. And then, of course, our great and amazing friends over at the pharmacy. Great place to go grab a burger on a Friday afternoon, maybe a Saturday. Take the family, get yourself a brat and some tots and a nice beer and celebrate the nice weather while we've got it. So pharmacy, Kingston Group, Weiss Liquors, check them all out. We do appreciate their support. Support local businesses, folks. Same thing with Broadway Sports Media, 440 Sports, all that great stuff. Um, okay. Titans defense. Now, this is a slightly different game plan because Davis Mills does have the ability to go downfield. I, I know Titans fans can see him throwing the ball downfield in their sleep after the way last season ended. He torched this team last year, put a big scare into him in the second half. He's coming off his best game of the season last week. Damian Pierce has 95 touches in his last four games. He is a new piece on that on that offense. Totally new coaching staff. They play differently. How should the Titans defense... Uh, how is it going to be different? How is the approach different against this Houston team than it was against the the flaccid Matt Ryan? <laughs> I I will I will say this: it, it is different, but it's also not different because the I don't Brandon Cooks may not even be there on Sunday, and that, because normally Wednesdays are a rest day, but they specifically they kind of changed that around today. It was reported uh, yesterday, by, I believe Aaron Wilson that it was due two other stuff. It wasn't just his normal rest day. So if Brennan cooks, isn't even there on Sunday, they've already gotten rid. Then I, I don't know who you're scared of. Nick Nico Collins, who missed last week's game, who's kind of, and I get it because we, we all know that Danny Omendola went wild on this defense <laughs> last year, but there is, but, but this is a different defense. I mean, you have Roger McCreary and you have Christian Fulton. They can cover up anything that you need. They're getting creative with the defensive backs. The Texans do not know. What defensive backs are going to be playing the slot or in three and nickel and dime and all this stuff? They're not going to know because at this point, Shane Bowen basically came out and said, it's just going to be week to week. Good luck, Houston. Do, <laughs> I do, mean, do, do the Titans know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think Shane Bowen knows for sure. And I, I think the one thing you could say that they know is definitely not going to be Caleb Farley. There we go. There it is. <laughs> Took us 35 minutes, but we got it. We yeah, got we got it. it. Um, I, You know, it's, it's a game they should dominate, right? I mean, you focus in on Damian Pierce. You don't let him beat you. He's good. It's going to be the first time I put it uh, uh, in a long time that I put a player that Titans are playing against in my fantasy lineup, and I'm doing it with Damian Pierce because I'm a big Damian Pierce believer. Yeah, he's very good. He's very good. But he is no better than any of the guys that you faced, and you still have a really, really good run defense despite you know some early struggles. Um I mean, you're number one in yards allowed per game. You're number one in the rush yards per rush. You're you're number one in third down defense. You're fourth in scoring defense. Fourth in forced fumbles per game. You're tied for the second most interceptions. You got four. You're tied for fourth in takeaways per game. You got red zone defense. You're seventh in sacks per game. You're twelfth. And the Texans' offensive line is not exactly a bunch of world beaters. Now, this is a game they should dominate. I so but here's it's, my it's the Texans. Here's the okay. Here exactly, and they've they've had like a weird history. Obviously, the 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 interesting thing is that Davis Mills has he is more of your actual NFL passer, where he can actually challenge you down the field. Maybe he doesn't hit those passes. Maybe he's not hitting open guys. Maybe he misses them. Maybe he's under too much pressure. 
But Matt Ryan, there was no threat. There was no threat to go down the field with almost anybody. And I do think the Texans will at least make them think about that part going down the field. Um, he, so you've got a more of a, a traditional passer in Davis Mills than you did with Matt Ryan. But he's also, well, he's technically not, if you look at the stats, but he's very turnover prone as well. Yes, he's had a, he's had, he's turned the ball over and, and he hasn't started that many games. Like he just, he just hasn't played that much. I do think Pierce is a dangerous piece because he's got a lot of Barkley to his game. He's not as good as Saquon Barkley. So let's not go crazy here. But Barkley found a lot of room. And Taylor, at times, there were some moments where you're like, okay, that looks like it could have been broken for a longer play. Some of that is just Taylor being special because I don't because the Colts offensive line hasn't helped him. So you can see it kind of forming, though. Like They have an ability to go down the field more. They've got a better running attack. And the Titans got gashed by Barkley. Like You can kind of put it all together, but that's only if you're playing worst-case scenario, in my opinion. Yeah. It, they... It... It's just one of those games where it's like everything is in the Titans' favor, right? The defense, the run game, basically everything that you could want. You get to play indoors. You know, no, you don't have to worry about weather or wind or anything like that when Randy Bullock goes up and lines up to kick or anything like that. Stonehouse should have a hell of a day. You know, everything that the Titans love to do, special teams, yeah. defense, and running the ball should all work. That probably means it won't <laughs> because, you know, it's just one of those games where it's just like, you know, they lost to the Texans last year because Ryan Tannehill turned the ball over. So the basically and and you basically just got to remember not to put Ryan Tannehill in any shitty situations when he's injured. If they can avoid doing that and then they could just rely on on the thing, they should dominate. This should be the highest scoring output by the Tennessee Titans this year and the lowest scoring output by a, an opposing team this year. This should what, be that. Why Why on earth would you expect the highest output? It's not that hard. It's not like they're scoring 30-some <laughs> points. I mean, what is that? The highest scoring output for the Tennessee Titans ain't that much. No, I, I agree, but like you you still don't have any offensive they playmakers just on the outside. They got 25 points. That's all okay. they got to do. Okay, maybe you're right then, but like <laughs> your quarterback is injured, your offensive line is in shambles, and you have no playmakers on the outside. I don't know why they should be good. I'm expecting this to be a dog fight that is, again, like 13 to 13. I going think into if the their fourth rush quarter. defense was good and they hadn't just uh, cut their leading tackler, uh, I have never even t attempt to pronounce that name, that uh, KGB or something like that. Uh, KGH, I think. And, uh, if they hadn't lost him, they don't have their best pass rusher. Um, they also are the worst run defense in the league, and they just got worse. It should just be a Derrick Henry game. It could be a four-play yeah. yeah. offensive drive where Derrick Henry just rips one off almost. I'm not going to say every time, but it's going to be running the ball, running the clock down, and the defense is probably going to get a pick six or a fumble six. Uh, Trace, Trey, and Dad says uh, it's been a bit since the Titans have faced a quarterback that is a threat since Josh Allen in Week Two, and I would say Derek and Carr. They still the, have it. Derek Carr the following week threw all over them. Yeah. So yeah. And, I, not, and I would say that if you're considering Davis Mills a threat, I think you're highly overrated. Davis Mills. I do agree with that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's better than Matt Ryan, but I never consider <laughs> Matt Ryan a threat. And he's he's better than the Commanders. Whatever they're running yeah. out there these days, at the time was Wentz, of course. But like so, um, and then of course, when you agree with me, you always get on the show. Uh, I think Randy is going to be the one that wins or loses. I think it is a close rock fight again. This is a Big Ten West football team, folks, and they are going to play Big Ten West games. This is Iowa Northwestern on Halloween weekend. Like this is not safe for children. 
not safe for, for, for the workplace. This will be ugly. And there will be lots of cussing, I believe by Titans fans. But I do think all the things we've said, like the defensive line should eat. Derrick Henry should eat. The special teams have been, I, I'm waiting for you to, to want to do an entire special team segment because the special teams have been quietly much better on this team. I am nothing if not a motivator were. of men. <laughs> You're a, a leader of men. Um, so uh, how can, how concerned in general, it's the NFL quarterbacks hurt crazy shit happens in this game. How, how concerned are you about the win or the loss just in general? Uh, not, not too concerned. I'm not concerned if they win or lose, right? Like in the big scheme of things, I don't think we're going to look back at this game and say, man, if they only had beaten the Texans, because at this point they're either a third or a fourth seed and they got the division locked up, but uh, we're not jumping okay. on the Sam Erlinger train. Jacksonville's still a train wreck that they've only what won two games and they're, they're still bad. I mean, Trevor Lawrence isn't that, uh, isn't a threat either. This d- division is just racked up in my opinion. I, I, I agree, but we always – how many times this week have we heard people say, well, they got beat by Houston last year? I mean, we always well, talk I, about – Well, that's what I'm saying. Know. I don't care about this particular game, okay. win or lose, because they'll win the other one. If they lose this one, they'll win the other one. They're that's, not going to go 0-2 to Houston. No, that's, that's, that is valid. Uh, all right. Are we good with Titans? Yes. Are we moving on to some Do SEC it. football? Let's move on to some SEC football here. Uh, thank you guys all for your comments and hanging out, of course. Make sure you check out the Pharmacy, the Kingston Group, Weiss Liquors, all of our great and amazing sponsors, all locally owned and operated by Nashvillians for Nashvillians. Just shop local, folks. It's not that 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 t- difficult of a message. Uh, Tennessee, Kentucky is the big one. Uh, am I just too close to the situation? Because I think Kentucky is going to be pretty game in this, in this Saturday evening. <laughs> I I just I I think you're you're I think you're clinging on to what Titans fans used to cling on, which was you you're you're waiting for the old voles to sh- volunteers to show up, right? The old vols to show up. The vol the voles the voles. <laughs> I do that for uh, in football under the efforts to piss off one of our listeners. Um, <laughs> the uh, but you're you're waiting for the old volunteers team to show up and to drop an ups and to get upset by Kentucky. It's possible. But are you really going to bet money on it? I mean, like, to me, it's like, I know people still are all about Will Levis being an NFL quarterback and all the intangibles and all this stuff. And I and I like Rodriguez as a running back, but I just, what matchup are they, are they better than U- University of Tennessee in? That matters. So uh, that that's the great question. And and to your point, and and uh, Trey asked this about the 12 and a half line, the, the point spread there. And to your point, who am I betting money on? I actually have money on Tennessee. So sorry, balls. I have money, my, balls minus 12. I think they cover in the fourth quarter. But I do believe that Kentucky is uniquely qualified. And you just asked about the matchups. Yeah. The way you stop Tennessee's offense, which is not rocket science. It's been around it's, for a while. But it's hard to do. It's, it's it's yeah. easy to theorize, hard to put into yes. action. You know exactly what is happening, and you know how you need to try to stop it. The question is, can you go out and execute? Do you have the athletes to do it? And you need a really good defensive line that can stop the run with four, five, six guys. They've got that. To attack Tennessee's secondary, you need a, a, a big arm quarterback and receivers that can go down the field. They've got that. The one thing I'm not sure about, or the two things, is do they have the skill on defense on the outside to play man-to-man coverage on on the receiving core for Tennessee? That's a major question because even Alabama lost Jalen Hyatt like six times. So you've you've got to have the right personnel in the right places, and they've got a lot of it. And I think that's and 
rivalries are fishy and weird and Tennessee could be looking ahead to Georgia. Like I'm still laying the points and taking the balls. I think this is going to be a very close game within a, a score until you get to the fourth quarter and then the dam breaks. Will Levis turns the ball over because the offensive line sucks for Kentucky and Hendon Hooker hits two or three big plays down the field. They, they score like three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and they put like it's 24 to 17 going into the fourth quarter and it ends like 42 21 or something like that. You know? I mean, isn't it the best thing for Kentucky do is just to run down the clock as much as possible when they're on offense I mean, yeah. isn't that the best thing to do? And and just try. That's one way of slowing down technically in offense is to keep them off the field as much as possible. Um, and they've got Rodriguez can do that. Like he, yeah, can exactly. It. He could do it thirty-eight times for two hundred and ten yards. Like he yeah. can, he could do that. Tennessee's pretty good against the run. They only had like fifteen minutes time of possession last year against Kentucky because both teams kept hitting big explosive plays. So Tennessee doesn't care as much about top but they care a lot about number of snaps. How many plays are you running? And if Tennessee's running 40 plays, that gives Kentucky a chance. If Tennessee's running 70 plays, Kentucky has no chance. The, there's a lot of parallels to this game and the Titans game. I feel like it's, you know, the way to win is, you know, the Vols should win, right? But this is a, a, a rival and, and anything can happen, right? And it feels like this is exactly for Vols in Kentucky. Vols in Kentucky. And, uh, it's going to start pissing me it, off. <laughs> it is. That's the whole point. And, uh, the, uh, and Tennessee and the Texans. But the problem is, is that the, because of the way that the college football playoffs and the path to get to the championship is constructed, losing to Kentucky is not a good thing. You know, like you can uh, lose, no. like the Titans can lose to the Texans and be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you don't yeah. have any margin for error. Yeah, you don't have any margin error. Uh, but I, I will say, I mean, I'm fairly confident UT is going to walk away with the win. And I, again, don't think it's going to be as close as what people are expecting. Yeah, and listen, I, I am laying, I have money on the Vols. So I, I obviously agree with you on this one because I think that number is a little low. But I think it's going to be low because, uh, again. It may not be like UT Martin. It's well, right. again, think if you're a Tennessee fan, you've got to be just so happy with how the schedule has sort of played out where you get a, t you know, you get a tough game and then you get a break and then you get a tough game and then you get a break and then you get a tough road trip and then you get a break and then you get Bama and then you get a break and then you get Kentucky. This is where it gets a little trickier, Kentucky, Georgia and South Carolina. Like that's you got to be. Here's the thing. They've just got to be up. They were up for Florida. They got the win. They were up for Bama. They got the win. They were way up for LSU. They got the win. If they are up for this game the way they are supposed to be, they win the game. And it's at it's at home. It, it, the only, this is about keeping 18 to 22-year-olds right here. Yeah. Just keep them right here, even, flat, for the, you listening that's on the why, podcast. That's why, they have the, uh, that's why they have the youth pastor on Wednesday. Youth, never too high, never, never too, too high. low. Yep. Just right here with youth, youth pastor dad, Josh, Josh Heupel there. Um... Uh, let's see. I think that's about it for Tennessee. I like the Vols lay the points. There you go. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be easily a 20 point win by the Vols. Minimum. Let's get ready for number one versus number three next year, yes. next week. Sorry. Next that, week. that is going to be spectacular. If Georgia can handle its business, they're not going to lose, but I think we're going to learn who the number one team in the country could be this week. And even though it's the least important world's, maybe, maybe we should have called it the lamest cocktail party. Maybe. 
It's the world's smallest it's like a cash party? only. It's a cash only bar at a wedding. And then it's Ugh. just one red, one white, and Ugh. one beer. And that's it. <laughs> what a, I would never go to that wedding, by the that's way. Like I only George... go to weddings that have um, open, open bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like a George Thurgood song gone terribly wrong. Um, I, listen, the game's not that important. George is going to win, but it's a fun game. It's a rivalry. It's a great party, blah, 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 blah. The key here is what I want to see two things from Georgia. If you're a Tennessee fan, these are the two things I'm watching. If you're a Georgia fan, these are the two things I'm watching. I want to see the secondary, which is extremely talented, be tested by Anthony Richardson and succeed. And I want to see Stetson Bennett go down the field because the one thing that can beat Tennessee is, is attacking their corners down the field. Missouri dared Stetson Bennett and Georgia to do it, and they couldn't do it. So this is all about, I want to see Georgia flex its muscle a little bit and show everybody that they're the number one team in the nation. Because if they are, they'll cover the three touchdown spread fairly easily. And they will be very confident going into a home game against Tennessee next week. So that yeah, that's kind. Of, and Ohio State's got a tough game with Penn State. They could prove that they're number one this weekend. Georgia could prove that they're number one this weekend. Let's see what number one looks like after this weekend between those two games. Um, it's not the outcomes are not really in doubt. It's more about how did the how does the team look? Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's kind of like you know, when they struggled earlier in the year against lesser opponents, and even though they won, they they you really can't let those guys do that. And, you know, they, the, when you have a rivalry like this and one team has nothing to lose and everything to gain versus a team that has everything to lose, that's a pretty dangerous game, especially in these high stakes, you know, kind of deal. And Billy Napier and Anthony Richardson, they're, they're going to look to make a name for themselves and try to, you know, get some goodwill back in, in, in their, uh, in their graces. And and I didn't I I forgot to mention this, but you just brought it up with like everything to lose. That's also part of the reason to maybe be a little concerned if you're a Tennessee fan because the last time Tennessee had quote everything to lose was like 2007. So <laughs> it's been like 15 years since the Vols have been in this situation where like they have all of the the, the weight and the gravity on them. They're not really used to this situation emotionally. So that that's Georgia's very used to it. So Georgia yeah. this is this is how this is why Nick Saban's the greatest of all time. He eliminates inconsistencies. He just right here, right in the middle, every time out, do do your job, do your job, do your job. Uh, and that's how Georgia's going to function. That's how Tennessee needs to function. Um, so it is bizarre to have Florida and Georgia be like an afterthought in, in the SEC race right now. So yeah. that, that kind of sucks, but whatever. They had their moment. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. It's time for Tennessee, Kentucky to take over. Um, all right, let me apologize. Can I apologize? Again? Yeah, I mean, this will be your third apology about, to South Carolina because you I'm did it keep, on Monday's show, and I know I'm you keep doing it on Fringe Element. I'm going to keep doing it because they're going to get bowl eligible this week. All right. And it's when South Carolina beats Missouri and they get bowl eligible, I'm just going to have to keep apologizing. Because if you're going to keep railing on them all summer, you got to keep holding yourself accountable. So I said all along, every time, didn't believe in South Carolina. They're going to win their sixth game this year, this this week. And we're all going to owe him an apology. Here's my, here's my question. Do you like the shtick? As a fan, do you like the sunglasses and the dancing and the the meme ability and like all the things that he does? Like, do you like it or do you think it's annoying? I guess. I mean, I guess I really haven't paid much attention to it. So, um, I don't know. I mean, like, I probably if I was a, a college kid or a high school kid, you know, that was in the area and that was the fan of my team, I'd probably love it. It now maybe like i i don't know it's kind of it's kind of it's so i'd have remember, to see it do you do you remember the 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 tiktok where he puts the sunglasses on at media days and he goes crazy and 
So what happened is Mark Mark Stoops comes out at media days and is like, we don't need sunglasses to build a program. Like Mark Stoops took a shot at him at media days. So then when South Carolina beat Kentucky in Lexington, he does the sunglass thing again in the locker room and he's dancing. He's doing all the whole thing. If you look at the internet on Saturdays and South Carolina's losing by 30, he's always cheering. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's always these, these photos of him being like, yeah, we're down by three touchdowns. He, it's all kind of sticky, but it's all kind of Steve Spurrier ish. Yeah. Like there's, there's some like, if you're going to troll me, I'm going to troll you back. We're going to have some fun. Like, I think football's fun. I think people should have fun doing it. I think, I think Shane Beamer's fun. And if you're winning games like this when no one thinks you should be, so have fun, celebrate and have fun. Like, it, it's a game. <laughs> let's not, yeah. let's not take everything so, so stinking seriously. Uh, the way Jimbo Fisher is right now at Texas right. AM. This will be an interesting matchup, though. You know, Lane Kiffin versus Jimbo Fisher, Ole Miss, who just got their bell rung by LSU, and Texas AM, who's just, one week they're good, sort of good. One week they're they're bad. And which dam is going to break here? You know, it's kind of like uh, LSU and Ole Miss last week. Like, who's going to come out of this unscathed yeah. with a little bit of more uh, credibility built up? Uh, Ole Miss is favorite on the road, but as Lane Kiffin said this week, it's a top five roster and a top five place to play. And right now, if you're AM, aren't you pretty pissed off at the world? Like, I, yeah. I would be pretty motivated in this game. And we get to see the true st- the true freshman five star quarterback Connor Wagman hopefully takes over as the starter and they we see what he's he's capable of and again hopefully Jimbo Fisher gets out of his own way and stops taking everything so serious and you know moves on and lets the freshman run and maybe hires an offensive coordinator in the offseason how about that just yeah, like the titans there you go, there you go. just <laughs> like the titans why so serial um i i can't wait to see how Ole Miss handles the situation though it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch um keep an eye on zach evans see if he's healthy or not auburn hosting arkansas you got to give the kids credit at auburn for playing hard right through all this garbage that's happening yeah, especially since you tried firing their coach like five times this year i i haven't tried anything he's going to be fired <laughs> <laughs> like he's gonna be fired i'm giving the guys credit for how hard they've played in the face of all the drama and the noise yeah. around the program honestly uh, but they've also they've also given up almost 800 yards rushing in two games. Uh, and they're, they're still not a good team, but man, they are plucky. <laughs> That's such a good word. Uh, Arkansas run the ball. This is the this is the Titans game. Honestly, like this is KJ Jefferson, Arkansas. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Don't stop running the ball against Auburn, and you'll win and you'll cover the spread. But just run the ball, and then maybe Brian Harson gets fired. I'm not yeah. trying to fire him. He's going to get fired. I just I don't know what they're waiting for. I mean, they're just, I guess, uh, waiting until the end of the year. I mean, what's the benefit of firing him now? That, Nothing you can have, really, you can have, right? You can have more conversations. I mean, the only reason they haven't fired him is because they would have to put a interim coach in place who also is a Boise State guy. And, like, they don't have, like, a good interim option. That's the only reason. they're He is the interim coach. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he's his own interim coach. They're just they're they're doing the athletic director search right now, so they're going to pick out their athletic director and then make and then make all this stuff happen after that. But they're playing hard, man. I'll give them credit. They that Auburn team's played hard. Uh, Arkansas, I think, will win pretty easily, though. So I think that's I think that's week nine in the yep. SEC. I think that's week eight in the NFL. Everybody enjoy the weather. Have safe safe Halloween amateur hour this weekend. Be safe out there. I know I'm not doing anything. I'm 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 uh, t- I'm parenting. Two nights flying solo, so I'm not doing anything this weekend. Yeah, I'm just uh, chilling. Just watching ball. 
having fun. Uh, if you want to go grab a burger, make sure you go to pharmacy, of course, uh, over there on East Nashville on McFerrin Avenue. They got they got a location downtown inside the new Titan Stadium <laughs> down, down there. So go check that out. Uh, buildkg.com for Kingston Group. And, of course, uh, Weiss Liquors. Make sure you uh, swing by if you want to stock up on all your booze needs for the weekend on your way out of town. Or just Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors, and have them deliver the booze right to your house in as quickly as 20 minutes, Zach. They drive, so you can drink. Is that about it? That's about it. I think that's about it. Thank you guys all for hanging out with us, man. Stoney and Dad, we appreciate you guys for hanging out. Uh, thanks, everybody, for commenting. Turn on the notifications. Rate, review, subscribe. Just share the show, too. Just like hit retweet. Tell somebody about it. We really, really appreciate it. Growing this thing from the ground up. We do. Uh, Zach, always a pleasure, my man. Thanks for hanging out. Follow him on F-Words Pod on Twitter. F-Words Pods, the, the football and other F-Words Podcast, everywhere you get your pod. Sign up at Broadway Sports Media for an insider pass as well. And listen to all the other great and amazing shows from the 440 Sports Network. For Zach, I am Braden. Have a great and wonderful weekend, everybody. This has been a football show. <laughs>